Welcome to the Peterson's Bow Hunting Podcast. All bow hunting, all the time. Now, here's your host, Associate Editor Mark Dempko. So, hey, everybody, welcome to the Bow Hunting Podcast. You know, uh, I've been bow hunting a long time, and when I started back in the uh, late 80s and early 90s, uh, just starting out my bow hunting career, and in fact, uh, just starting out my life on my own, uh, didn't have a ton of money, but I had a 1970s or early 80s uh, Dodge van that um, I would drive around. And at some point it dawned on me that I could use it as a, a vehicle that I could hunt of. I was traveling a lot of state. I live in Pennsylvania. And uh, a friend and I did some trips to the National Forest uh, in Virginia, um, the uh, Jefferson National Forest. Uh, weren't a lot of hotels in that area, uh, but we could stay right in the van. We were staying in the parking lots. And uh, instead of having to drive out uh, 90 minutes or an hour to a hotel after the hunt, you'd be right there. And, uh, you know, Never dawned on me that um, staying in a van would become so popular. Um, you know, this this past year in Peterson's bow hunting, we did uh, a piece on um, some bow hunters who have really taken the uh, concept of a mobile deer hunting camp to the next level by custom crafting vans um, that they basically live out of sometimes for weeks on end. So I'm really excited. I have. Um, Two of the gentlemen with me here today, Sam Sohold of North Dakota. Hi, Sam. Hey, how's it going? Good to be here. Uh, thank you for joining us. And Zach Owsley of Tennessee. Zach, welcome. Oh, thank you. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, we're very excited. Uh, I was saying, you know, it was one of the favorite articles that we did all this past year to see what you uh, two guys were able to do in creating a um, a mobile rut rig. So um, we're going to jump right into it. Sam, you and I had a chance to hunt together last fall in Wisconsin. I got to see your van in person and I was blown away at um, the preparation and the work that you put into that vehicle. Um, you had some incredible storage compartments uh, that could hold anything and everything that um, opened and closed underneath your sleeping quarters and things like that. But let's go back to the beginning. Tell me how you sort of got started in an interest in having a, a mobile hunting rig. Sure. So uh, it actually, the original vehicle was a full-size school bus. Um, so back in 2016, I bought a 1993 Bluebird um, out in Colorado and drove it back to the Dakotas and started on the build and, and built that out into basically my mobile hunting lodge and, and use that for a couple of years. And then it was, uh, it was time to streamline and have something that was, uh, quite a bit more capable and, you know, where I could actually get to more than just like the foothills or a campground or whatever. So, um, my brother and I started shopping for a, a van and we had, uh, we had met the folks at Quigley four by four. And, um, so after searching for quite a while for different vans, uh, there's some requirements. If you're going to, if you're going to convert it to four wheel drive, there's some requirements on mileage and age and found a van that was like right in that sweet spot and picked up a 2010 Chevy express, uh, 3,500. And it was a government fleet vehicle that had been purchased out of Arizona. And we ended up getting the van for like just shy of 17,000, only had 25,000 miles on it or 26,000 miles on it. Uh, and super clean and be basically sat in a parking lot, uh, from the moment, you know, from when we bought it. And then, uh, I bought it and then two days later, drove it all the way to PA and had, uh, had the four wheel drive conversion put on it and then, um, drove it back and kind of used it that first fall. 
as just as like a passenger van, uh, pulled all the seats out of it and kind of put a cot in the back. And, and, uh, and then Josh, my brother and I kind of dreamed up what we might want the interior to eventually look like and had, had used, uh, the deck system, like the drawer system in our, in pickups in the past and thought that that would be like a good starting point as far as like baseline storage. Um, and then we were actually on a, on a trip back from, uh, a coos deer hunt in the van. And I was just thinking about like, okay, how could, what could we add into the storage compartments in the back? Like what, what would be a cool factor to have in there as far as like weapon storage? Cause constantly like, you know, we're going to hunt archery. We're going to hunt with rifles. We're going to hunt with shotguns. A lot of times, you know, traveling in the van for, you know, through def- several seasons. And I was like, what if we did some sort of like weapons slide, you know, like old, like bat cave, you know, like Bruce Wayne type stuff where you can slide that out and you have all of your weapons lined up, like ready to go, you know, kind of like that scene in boondock saints where like the open the cage and there's just guns everywhere. And, uh, so, uh, ended up pick the cargo glide makes a customer, a specific item to go on top of the deck system. So we kind of had like our initial storage laid out. So we had the deck drawers to put all of like the smaller items. And then we were able to get away from bow and gun cases um, by having that cargo glide with, and then put foam in it, custom cut out to be able to pull out and put uh, one bow. And then we were able to get two shotguns and two rifles in the back and a quiver and, you know, some other little miscellaneous stuff. And then whoever was up to bat, we had a, a bow carrier on the back of the passenger seat. Um, and so, you know, we one person be driving, one person be scouting out the window. And then, you know, you know, whoever was up to hunt their bow was at the ready. Uh, and then the other guy was filming or shooting photos. Um, so yeah, we kind of, kind of dove right into it. Um, and it was, it was a way to have a much more capable rig. Like you can go basically anywhere in that four wheel drive van. And, uh, it's been a really fun rig to go explore out on all the public lands that we all get to enjoy. Yeah, and I think that is absolutely one of the benefits where you have the opportunity to um, get into uh, some of the more remote areas and um, you can just stay in there very close to where you'll be hiking or hunting. Um, What was the number one consideration for you when you were building this van out? What was the thing you had to have in it? Uh, So, I mean, we had to have like good sleeping quarters, like a a good place to sleep because uh, I feel like we could, you could hunt a lot harder if you know, you're going back to something where you're going to like get a good night's rest. And so when we built that platform, we picked up a, a four inch like memory foam, like bed topper and, um, like cut it in half. And then we have a divider in the back. So when Josh and I are both staying in the van, it's a little less awkward. We both have like a little sleeping cubby. Um, so yeah, like just a good, like a good area to sleep. And then just, uh, a, proper amount of storage for all of the gear that we needed to haul along on all these different trips. Yeah. Now, uh, Zach, you have a similar story in that you purchased a van, but I think you were able to do it in incredibly economic fashion. Can you tell us how you got into the mobile hunting rig concept? What got you started and the story of how you got your friend? Uh, actually I kind of come along when I was seeing people turn them into homes, you know, there's, you see the van life hashtag and all this. Um, I, I was seeing that on the internet. I was like, if people can live out of that, I know for a fact I can hunt out of it and I don't need it to be that nice. That was my original concept of the whole thing. And uh, then I saw Sam's bus and you started seeing some people turn into some hunting rigs. 
And I wanted to do that, but just like Sam said, you know, there was like the, where you sleep was important. Uh, I knew if I didn't make it nice enough for me to stay in on a regular basis, I would end up going to a hotel anyways, and it'd be a huge waste of money. So I really planned on spending about, you know, seven, $8,000 to do this build. And I thought I could build a decent van for that. And it just so happened that like Facebook marketplace is the place to go now. And I pulled up Facebook Marketplace and typed in a cargo van. And the very first van that pulled up was a van that a guy had used to take his mother to and from the nursing home and doctors and stuff like that. But they had had it for, I think, the last six years. And it had stayed parked in a, in a barn. And it had 76,000 miles on it as a 2003. And I got it for $2,500. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it was just an absolute steal. Uh, I got in it, it cranked right up, it blew cold air, which I later uh, ruined the cold air part because I put a <laughs> screw through the through the air conditioner line. So that's part of the, you know, learning to build this thing. But, uh, you know, it blew cold air, it, it had heat, uh, the leather seats weren't torn, and there were no seats in the back, which I thought was going to be a, a, a head start for me. Just a warning for anybody, if you ever buy one that has a wheelchair ramp in the back and a wheelchair set in there, they are a pain in the butt. I'd rather just take the seats out. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of how I got into it. My whole thing was, is, you know, I, I had to feel like I had somewhere that I would feel like home, you know, and that was my whole thing. I didn't think as much about storage as what Sam did, but it was me by myself. And I was only going for my plan was to be three, four day hunts at a time because where I'm at in Tennessee, I'm two hours from Illinois. So what I didn't want to do is go to Illinois, stay in a hotel, and then you're still limited from that hotel, how far you can go to efficiently hunt an area. So I wanted to be able to go to Illinois, hunt an area, and if it wasn't working in that area, be able to drive somewhere else two hours away, maybe in central Illinois, and hunt you know, more. That was my whole concept of the entire build. And, you know, guys like Sam uh, were putting their information out there actually at the exact same time I was doing it. And there was there is so much information on YouTube now that like when you were talking about your van back in the 70s, 80s, that was nobody even thought of it. But now one person does it and a million people know. Mm -hmm. So there's just so much information out there. Like I had no clue how to cut a roof vent in the top of a van. Uh, you know, I learned that, that. And there's like one channel that I followed all the way through and showed you how to do everything. And I'll just take little tidbits from him. And, you know, and and it obviously for me, this was my first one. This was Sam's second. I'm still learning. Like every trip I go on, I'm like, I don't need this, but I do need this. And usually the things that I do need, I didn't bring. And the things that I don't need, I did. But, you know, it's a learning process. So right now I'm I'm just taking like seven, eight day trips at a time and, you know, making a list as I go. Cause if you don't write it down, you'll forget it. And that's been my whole process. Uh, when you started to build out your van and just like I asked Sam, what was your must have item in there? What was your, your, your number one consideration? I wanted a way to have running water. I mean, that was I, I, and not necessarily running water, but I wanted a place to be able to brush my teeth in the morning and brush my teeth at night and at least be able to wash my hands and get clean. Because, I mean, I know we've all done it. You go camping, you do something, you sweat during the day, 
and then you get in bed and you're real clammy and sticky. And that was the most important thing for me. I didn't realize it at the time because I thought that it would be well insulated and it wouldn't be that cold as long as it wasn't below 40 degrees. You know, I'd be fine. I was wrong. It gets really cold in the van. So later, one of the most important things became heat. But uh, at the time, running water, I wanted a place with a sink and a drain. You know, I just wanted a place to clean up. Yeah, that would seem like it's probably one of the most important things. So walk us through how you put that together, because you had a pretty innovative plan there. Um, I, I was following um, a guy on YouTube called Dulex, and I, I pretty much just went with his whole setup as far as the, the solar panels, because what I didn't want to do is have to carry a generator or something. I knew that would be space. And you can get the solar panels, or you could before the pandemic, get the solar panels and the batteries and things like that for fairly cheap. So I just followed all that as far as putting, getting it set up, and I stripped it completely out. Once I did that, I knew that insulation was going to be important. Uh, so I, I went through several different scenarios there. I tried spraying insulation, then you realize the inside uh, walls of a van are much deeper than what you can see. And they just keep going farther and farther down in the fender well. Uh, so then I tried um, bat insulation, and that's pretty much what I used in the walls. I'll just take bat insulation, rip it out, shove it in the holes the best I could. Uh, use lots of spray foam because I got some windows that are covered up too that are no longer windows. And I would just use spray foam, stick the bat insulation up there, and then I have um, some. I don't. I don't even know what it's called, but it's it's got like a reflective membrane on one side and a sticky bottom on it. And I use that on the floor and stuff all the way to the floor. And then, uh, you know, then you come to the process of how do you do anything when you're sticking wood to metal? It's just a pain. It doesn't matter. doesn't matter how, what your thought process is. It's going to be a pain. Mm -hmm. So my, my thought was let's get it framed out somehow. So I was able to put a um, half inch plywood floor all the way through and on the ceiling, what I did is I bought um, paneling, you know, like the finished, almost has like a wallpaper look to it. I bought that paneling and I had my dad help me and we just, you know, we layered the roof and um, we did not have a great plan going into that. I ended up putting some holes in the roof, had some leaks that I had to go back and fix. You know, <laughs> this is a process for anybody who's willing to do it. It is a process. But yeah, um, we... But let, let me finish on that. I, so we did that all the way across the roof, had the roof vent, the uh, solar, everything hooked up. So when we got to the layout, we had walls, floor, and ceiling. So now I'm dealing with wood to wood and no longer metal to wood. And then the rest was just, uh, I'll be honest with you, I just kind of winked it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let's flip that around a little bit. Was there anything... Um, to either of you that went easier than you thought it would? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, no, I mean, <laughs> the biggest difference in building a van over a bus was, so in a bus, like you basically have a lot of straight lines. Obviously the ceiling is curved, so you have to deal with that. But everything below the windows is all straight lines, you know, easy, clean mm -hmm. cuts. And, and Zach, I don't know about your van, but our and is basically shaped like a football. So not only is it curved, 
you know, to the outside, but from front to back, it kind of like bows in and out. So when we were like working on the ceiling and working on the walls and stuff, it was just like constantly like, you know, thank God we used a quarter inch, like, you know, tongue groove pine for the ceiling. So we could actually manipulate it enough to like bend it around, like, and make, you know, make stuff fit and like fill all the gaps. Cause man, like trying to, trying to get that ceiling on was just a total pain. Uh, when you were doing it like in, you know, three inch chunks or whatever. So it was, uh, I think that was like the, <laughs> the biggest like eye opening thing when going through it. And, and Zach, you're hundred percent, right. Like if people are out there listening to this and looking at building their own rig, like I encourage it, but it is, it is absolutely a process. And I, you know, thankfully I had done it kind of once before and kind of knew some of the things that I wanted and needed and whatever, but man, it's every, every project is totally different than the last one. So there's, there's just always a lot of hoops to jump through. I would but say the easiest you, part, the easiest part for myself was the, what I originally thought was going to be the hardest part was the electrical is, you know, <laughs> the hooking up the solar panels and stuff. That stuff was just a breeze. I mean, it's plug and play, screw it in, put silicone on it and go. I mm-hmm. really thought that was going to be more difficult, but like Sam said, everything else and my arms was, it was built like a football. <laughs> you got windows to deal with. Uh, and I'll tell you, and you'll, you'll laugh at this, Sam, cause you know what I'm talking about. So the roof is curved and the walls are curved. So, when I put a four by eight sheet up it, on the ceiling, it left a crack between there and the wall. Yep. So you're talking like this. I could not find anything to make that curve. <laughs> I actually used a piece of vinyl siding. Oh, that's awesome. Stuff. <laughs> so I stuffed insulation up into that into that fill yep. and then used vinyl siding and made the curve. That's and screwed the vinyl siding in behind it. And it just works. You know, yep. it looks like it looks like white trim in your house. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> now you, you've both touched on, obviously, the fact that it's a process and you have to be willing to do it over time. And you're going to have some challenges. But is it uh, really rewarding then when you do a hunt out of it and you're successful? Is there like an extra sense of satisfaction to either of you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. The, uh, the first, you know, kind of had the, the van kind of finally built out and the first hunt that we went on and like, you know, you're like living out of the van, using the van, whatever, but like, like the first like buck we hauled back and like put in that, like the cab space of the van. I don't I think both Josh and I were just like, yep, that's it. Like that's, you know, that's like the, you know, the accomplishment, like so rewarding to be able to like walk back to this thing that we built, like this little tiny home on wheels and then have like, you know, a fresh mule deer in the back of this thing. It's pretty, pretty cool to have that experience. Uh, absolutely and to me it wasn't even so much about the success it's like i remember that first night sleeping in the van and i was actually in the parking lot of a wma and i'm sitting there thinking this is great i, I get to sleep in a little bit <laughs> you know that was really rewarding too but at the same time last year you know uh hauling one home from oklahoma that i had cut up put it in a yeti cooler and you could look in the back and the you know his horns were sitting up there i was like you know it doesn't get much better than that. Now I'm not fortunate enough to have the four wheel drive, so I'm kind of limited to some places I can go. But uh, as far as the just feeling, you know, like you've accomplished something, it goes beyond the kill at that point. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, well thank you for that. And, and and you know, as we we're talking, you know, we talked about how I had an old van, and you've taken vans and converted them. Did either of you ever look at uh, just getting a camper or maybe taking a pickup truck and uh, doing something with a cab? What what made you go towards the van angle? 
I can answer that pretty easy. So I really thought hard about the camper shell, but the more I researched that water is always an issue in them. Uh, you can't really even hardly sit up in them because you know, the height, uh, I'm only 5'10 and I knew it would be an issue for me. Um, and then the condensation was always going to be an issue. As far as a camper, I looked at that, but still it's almost like Sam's bus. It, it you can only take something that big so many places. And like, if you ever go to Illinois on some of the public land that goes up through Shawnee, you know, the roads get really narrow and they're curvy. You don't just want to park a camper on the side of the road there. So that was a big factor for me. And I had a lot of people ask there like, you know, why are you doing that? Why don't you just buy a camper? And that would, that would seem really easy, but it's not. You end up having to find a parking place for it or you leave it behind somewhere in a Walmart parking lot with a lock on it. And that just wasn't for me. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. Like, uh, you know, I had looked at the, you know, going from the bus to the van was a huge difference. You know, the bus was very limiting, especially if I wasn't like meeting somebody out there, like with, for a hunt where I could then hop in their truck or in, you know, something to like go, you know, go from base camp out hunting. Um, and so the van, like one, it's way bigger than most people would think. Um, as far as like you said, like head height, um, I do wish we had a pop top in ours just so you could stand up to like change clothes. Um, Me too. yeah, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's, there's, there's a ton of room. It's easy to organize and there's something about being able to like pull into a trailhead or, or climb out of bed or whatever, get all of your stuff together in the morning right there. And then just step out the door and start hunting. And of course you can do that in a camper, but like Zach said, like you're, you're definitely limited and then you're always towing something you're always pulling something behind. Um, and yeah, I think just having it all in one vehicle and, uh, is, is a nice touch to be able to just keep it all, you know, in one spot. And then like over a pickup, you know, I've, I've driven pickups my whole life and still, you know, still have one. Um, but it's, it's just not quite as convenient as far as like organization and stuff and staying like, you know, sleeping in the back of a camper shell or, or putting like a cab over on or whatever. It's just not quite as streamlined as a van. The best way I can explain it, or I tried to explain it to other people as far as campers go, you know, like when you're on an out-of-state hunt, you're doing a lot of driving, trying to look for deer in fields and open areas and see where the population is. Try doing that with a camper and seeing a big buck in a field. Uh, I know plenty of friends who've, you know, been, hauling boats and they forget they slam on their brakes and hit reverse and, you know, tear the trailer up. So that stuff can't happen. And you're just not going to do that with a trailer, you know, hauling a camper around all the time. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, I thought about that, uh, when the early days when I was, uh, staying in the van as well, it was, it was just incredibly convenient. It's, you didn't, maybe back then I didn't have all the amenities you guys have, but it just made it an easy process. Now, Sam, you do a lot of hunting in the upper Midwest, um, did you have to do anything as far as uh, putting a heating system in for those really cold nights or? So we, uh, <laughs> it's funny you ask that we bought a heating system and have yet to install it. Uh, most of, most of the time uh, we're just climbing in the back and, you know, if it's cold out, just to climb in the back in a zero degree sleeping bag or whatever. Uh, and then if it's, you know, whoever wakes up first, crawls to the front, turns the van on and gets the heat going gets back in the sleeping bag for 10 or 15 minutes, warms the van up. And then, you know, we're getting changed to go out. So, uh, we have a heating system to install. We've got a, an air top heaters that, uh, connects to the gas tank. And so you can, um, basically run it off a little thermostat and then you can, 
basically it burns off the fumes off the gas tank. We just haven't installed that yet. Um, so we have a heat system ready, <laughs> uh, just need to, to take care of that. But yeah, it's uh, so far haven't hunted in cold enough weather, or at least haven't stayed in it in cold enough weather to have that anything be an issue. Now, um, how often are you on the road with the van hunting? Like, do you go for weeks on end or do you go for a couple of weeks at a time? Yeah, I'd say, you know, week to 10 days at a time. Uh, when I was in the bus, I wasn't married and uh, didn't actually have a home. So I was doing a much more extended trips. So I was, you know, two to three months at a time. I'd be out on the road living out of the bus. But with the van, especially splitting it, you know, my brother and I hunting together or each using it on our own, uh, I'd say most trips are anywhere from, you know, six to 12 days. Now, um, can you give us an example? Is there some place you were able to get to with the van that you probably wouldn't have if you would have been doing the other way, staying in a hotel or motel or something like that? And oh, yeah. yeah share the hunting sure. story that goes with it. Yeah. So uh, on a rifle hunt in eastern Montana, I mean, like, you know, it, if anybody spent any time out there, it's gumbo roads and, you know, clay and just, you know, real lot of just very like narrow two track and stuff like that. Um, and it's honestly places that I wouldn't ever have even thought about driving the bus down. And there was one spot where it's a quite a drive in to get to just to where you park, to walk in, um, and was able to use the van and just, you know, knowing that I had four wheel drive in case it did rain or, or whatever, be able to get back out. Um, you know, it's 10 or 15 miles down a, you know, kind of a nasty road tucked back in there. Um, and then it's a, a six mile walk, uh, not a hard walk, but a six mile walk into where you start hunting and hiked in, in the morning, it was cold, nasty and windy and, uh, ended up shooting a deer and then hiking it all the way back out the same day. I think I, on my watch that I burned like 7,000 calories that day and, uh, got back. And then just knowing that I was going back to get in the van that was going to like be able to drive out again and not have to, you know, it was uh, pretty nice having that feeling. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. I mean, because you, you're running on adrenaline and fumes at that point, you've got to be exhausted, especially with a hike like that. So, um, Zach, do you have any similar story? Like if you were able to get to some places you didn't think you'd ever get to? Uh, no, I wouldn't say that. Like the biggest advantage for me is just being on the hot places, you know, uh, mine's two wheel drive. So obviously I can't go do some things that other people can. I'm, I'm kind of sticking to gravel roads, parking lots. Um, uh, so there's, there's not that, but I would say there's places that I've gone that I wouldn't have gone if I was having to stay in a hotel because, you know, coming from Tennessee, what's the thing I'm going to do? I'm going to go park in Southern Illinois and that's where I'm going to go. And I'm going to try to stay within 45 minutes of there. Um, and then like next year I'm going to Ohio. I went to Oklahoma this past season, you know, and when, when something didn't work out at one place, I hopped to the next place, you know, and I think that's things that I wouldn't have given up on so soon because you, you're also driving on roads you don't know. So a 45 minute trip on a road you don't know. And then you try to go to a 45 minute trip the next day. I mean, it's, you, you kind of get in a rhythm of going to that exact same place all the time. And now with the van, I don't do that because I'm, I make the trip at night and I just park and sleep. Has there been anything that surprised you that you've done a couple hunts out of this or several hunts out of it? Like you didn't realize it would end up being a benefit of having a mobile hunting van. To me personally, I, I think the benefits are everything I thought it would be. I mean, like, and it's exactly what I just mentioned. Uh, you know, it's it's a mobile camping rig. I mean, basically, uh, there there's no more of that drive. I'm getting more sleep. 
which means I enjoy being there more. Uh, you know, I, I can go wherever I want, which means that I'm not dreading, you know, well, I don't really feel like there's deer here or I'm not on the deer. I'm never bound to any spot. I'm never, you know, feel like I'm in a location. Like if I want to hunt Southern Illinois today and I hunt it and I see a spot on the map that's in Northern Illinois or Ohio and I have a tag there, I can just drive it. You know, I'll drive it that night and I'm not wasting time. And, you know, like last year, uh, one thing was is uh, once I got on the road, you know, like I took a 10 hour trip in the van. Uh, whenever you get ready to eat lunch, you got a spot in your van to eat a nice lunch on the side of the road. There's not, there's not going somewhere, sitting down, having, you know, as long as you have enough fuel, you got your home with you. So uh, those are the benefits that I've enjoyed. It's not, you're not having to stop somewhere. Not yet. But, you know, just like uh, whenever I got ready to wash my hands to eat, you know, I mean, uh, I had a sink in the back. I go back there and wash my hands. I have a place to clean up. So it's those little benefits that you might see, but it's, it's what you expect. Yeah. I think Thank one you. of the, yeah, I think one of the biggest benefits uh, that, that we have, we did solar as well. Um, and we have a, a solar that charges a lithium battery and then we have a 12 volt fridge freezer. And that was a game changer um, because, you know, if we're both on a trip, both have tags. And uh, for instance, uh, two years ago, I shot a buck uh, first day of a trip and we were able to cut it up, quarter it up and we actually threw it in a Yeti first just to cool it down over ice. Uh -huh. And then, and then we just like uh, kind of rotated in quarters into that fridge freezer and basically froze them down and then back into the Yeti. So we had room for everything else in the, in the fridge freezer. But like, you know, we were able to freeze quarters like while being on the road and I had never been able to do that before. So it's nice to have that, you know, you knowing you're going to be able to keep your meat cold uh, or frozen like immediately. Um, and then we can keep hunting hard for the other guy without thinking about meat spoiling or, or anything like that. That was a, that was definitely an added benefit to having good solar setup. Now, if somebody's listening to this or they've heard about the concept of the mobile hunting ring, they want to look into doing their own van. They have some time, they have some financial resources, it's still uh, a pretty challenging project. What would be your advice to somebody who's just starting out? How do they go about picking out a van or is it all just custom choice? What are your thoughts that you could share for somebody who's just starting out and looking to do their first van? I was just going to say, I mean, I think figure out first, like what your goals are with that van. You know, if it's, if it's purely to be mobile, um, you know, I think that opens up a lot of opportunity on like the style and type of van. You know, if you're trying to go like the more overlanding route where you are going to do four wheel drive, there's some things you need to think about and consider. Um, but yeah, I think first step is just figuring out like, okay, what, what, what do I really want to do with the van and then go from there? Cause if you just, you know, dive into one, it might be not quite the right fit or you might spend too much or you might not spend enough, uh, depending on what you're trying to do. My advice is just look for the GM, you know, that, that gym because mechanically or at least for me you know yeah i had the financial ability but not that of some other people you know so i was looking for something on the cheaper end but uh i was really looking for mechanically sound you know that's the last thing you want to do is be sitting on the side of the road and not know anybody within 200 miles <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely and having a mobile van but if it's not running that leaves you in a lot of uh, challenging situations so um Either if you get to a point as you were doing this, obviously it took uh, months and months where you said to yourself, 
maybe I shouldn't have gotten this project or, or was there an aha moment where you're like, mm. I, there definitely was for me. There was plenty of moments, you know, that we would, especially when I found out that I had a roof leak, you know, like, cause I was only getting to work on my days off. So we put the ceiling in, everything seemed fine. Uh, and then the next time we got to work on it, I go in there and there's a big swell in the wood that I put up. And it's like, man, you know, so you got to take the ceiling down, which Sam already talked about how hard it was to put up. And then I had to silicone on the top of the roof in the areas. I was just, it was at that point, and I was kind of like, man, I may have bit off more than I could chew here. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I definitely had more of those, like, what did I get myself into moments when I was building the bus? Um, like, you know, I walked out every morning and just saw that giant piece of yellow metal, like staring at me. And I was like, Oh, why, why did I do this? So I think going into the van build, like I kind of, I knew some of those feelings and thoughts and like, um, it was, it felt a lot less daunting to do a build a little bit smaller. So I didn't have any of those like moments where I was like, Oh, what did we get ourselves into? Cause the van was just very, you know, exciting, you know, new, change of pace. Uh, as far as aha moments go, I don't know. I just, I think it was, I think the most daunting thing was like, like you said, Zach, like cutting a hole in the ceiling to put in the roof vent. Like, you know, you take this perfectly good van sealed up nice and you know, you're going to cut a hole in the roof and then just hope your silicone job does the, does the trick. There's uh, no going back. <laughs> there's no going back. Uh, yeah. So some of that type of stuff was, uh, a little bit daunting. Luckily I have, my brother is, uh, very good at carpentry mechanically sound. Like, you know, he's got that brain for that type of thing. And, uh, he just doesn't even second guess it. He's just like, just up there on the roof, cutting a hole. Uh, so it helps to have somebody, somebody working on it with you. That's like, Oh no, we can do this. It's no big deal. Um, instead of trying to talk yourself through it all the time. One thing I think that's important to note is whether it's me talking or Sam talking, you notice that we both had somebody who was helping us. This is not a one man job. And I, I just want everybody to know you either better have a good friend, a good dad, somebody, you know, my, my dad helped me. My dad was a lot like his brother. I mean, like nothing scares him. He's like, let's cut the hole in the roof. You know, that, <laughs> that was his, that was his way. Uh, personally me, uh, you know, I was a little apprehensive on some things, never bothered him. He's like, there's nothing we can do that we can't fix. Mm -hmm. So, but you need that friend or helper because this is not a one man job. I don't care who you are, or how good you think you are. You'll never do this by yourself. Yeah. I mean, agreed. And I'm guessing at this point, and you touched on this a little bit in the beginning, you're probably both still making modifications or putting in things after you've done a couple of hunts. Uh, what's one thing that you've really benefited from uh, after you started using the rig where you're like, oh, I should have had this in from the beginning. Does anything stand out to you? I think uh, me, yeah, me personally ahead. would be me personally would be heat. I, I know he said he didn't have it, but I, I was tired of coming, you know, you're, you're cold in the tree, you walk out and then you come back and you're cold again. So then I would usually start the van up, go find a Mexican restaurant or something and then come back. And then you're like, Oh, it's nice and warm. And you'd fall asleep. You wake up at two 30 in the morning instead of getting that sleep that you wanted. If you hadn't noticed sleep pretty important to me. So uh, I'd be freezing and I bought like a, $180 all-in-one diesel heater. It's mm -hmm. got an exhaust on it and a intake. And you drill two holes in the bottom of your van. You take fire block silicone and you know you silicone around those those ventlets. So you're putting an outlet out and an inlet out. You put that fire block around it so it doesn't melt through your floor. And uh man, it it'll 
he now one disadvantage is that like I don't know the Celsius to Fahrenheit conversions, and that since it's a Chinese Amazon heater, it says Celsius. So I got to look that up on my phone, but I can set <laughs> it on my little remote, and it'll you know it'll heat my van up, and then it just automatically cuts on and off through the night. You know, Zach, I, we had looked at those too. Where did you put your diesel tank, or is your van diesel? Uh, I, I didn't. I, I just carry a five gallon jug with me, and I go fill it up about every two nights. Okay, it'll run on two. It'll run on two and a half gallons. I actually thought about putting a small tank on the uh, on the rear cargo deal. Yeah, you know, just like a small five gallon, one of those flat five gallons. Yeah, but uh, then you have to worry about pumping it in and out. And I, I just I just carry a five gallon jug with me and fill sure. it up. Like it. Well, um, last question I have for the both of you. What's the one place that's on your bucket list where you hope to get to with your vans? Or is some place you'd really like to get to uh, because you have this flexibility? Now, uh, Sam, you have the four-wheel drive component, so you might have some place that's a little more remote, but I'd love to hear where both of you would like to head at some point. You know, I uh, back in 2014, uh, my first successful elk hunt was in the Missouri Breaks in Montana. Uh, and I haven't been back since, but uh, I certainly couldn't bring the bus there. But now having that four-wheel drive capability, uh, I would like to go back to the brakes and hunt elk. Um, it's just, I find that whole region of the state of Montana just gorgeous and uh, love, you know, it's kind of a more of a spot and stock style of elk hunting. And uh, be, being able to be mobile in that way, I think would be a, a fun place to take the van to and get back in there and see what it can do. Uh, for me, it's it's a hundred percent Iowa. You know, I've been putting in for the points every year. That that's uh, something I plan to do eventually, and uh, it's not going to just be a week long trip for me. It may be a thing I take two or three weeks vacation and uh, go for a week in October, and then come back in a week in November. You know, I'm going to have my sights set pretty high, and eventually, elk hunt. I'm just at the point where I I don't know much about elk hunting other than what I've watched on YouTube. So uh, I'm going to have to have somebody kind of show me the ropes of that. Awesome. Well, I wish you luck on your future endeavors in your mobile rut rigs. Um, thank you, Zach. Thank you, Sam, for joining us on the Bow Hunting Podcast. Uh, incredible wealth of knowledge. You've learned a lot through it through sweat, sweat equity and hard work, but uh, you have uh, in, incredible rigs. And uh, if anybody here listening, looking to try uh, developing their own van for road trips uh, across the country, it's a great project. I know it's going to take a lot of work and a lot of effort, but it can be really rewarding. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thanks for having us on. Thanks for downloading the Peterson's Bow Hunting Podcast. All bow hunting, all the time. Pick up the latest issue of Peterson's Bow Hunting Magazine on your local newsstand or connect with us online at bowhuntingmag.com. <laughs>